Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. We're chatting all about the World Cup Interconfederation Playoff. We're going to chat a little bit about the groups that have been finalized. Shout out to Haiti. Shout out to Portugal. We've got one more Interconfederation Playoff match in the works. So before we get into everything, a quick reminder to go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube. So subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third so that you never miss out when we go live and get exclusive content, previews, recaps, and interviews right here with us on A3. Lisa, we're getting closer, but we've got 31 teams. We're on our way to get 32 for the World Cup. How are you doing this morning, bud? I'm good. Yeah. 31 teams, one more to go. It's very exciting. It it makes it like that much more real um, that we're really coming down to it. The fact that the Interconfederation Tournament started out with 10 nations looking to jockey their way into the Women's World Cup and get a spot. A lot of them debutantes or what would be debutantes coming into the World Cup. And that's, it's so special. It honestly is so special because the pool for the World Cup has expanded this year. It allows for that many more nations to compete in these play-in tournaments, which is also a huge opportunity for a lot of these nations. And then to compete on the biggest stage to make history for their nation, it's, it's chilling. Um, and not to mention the football is fantastic. Like we, we can't ask for better competition because everything is on the line. Your entire country is watching you. Frankly, the entire world is watching because it affects everyone in this trickle down effect. But um, it is so good to be here. You and I chatting a little off mic 
We're going to be here a lot today. We're, we're live this morning. We're going to be live again tonight after all the, the international tournaments that are happening this today. Uh, finally, like kind of closing out Arnold Clark. She believes there's a lot happening. More inter-confederation play. But um, it's always good to see you, bud. I it, I like your Bulls hat, too. Welcome Thanks. I'm, I'm feeling very <laughs> Chicago, as always, uh, you know, when I wake up in the mornings. But I'm I'm with you 100%. I, I love that you brought some of what we were chatting about off mic onto the live because it is. It's a full slate of soccer today. I mean, this this epic February wild window that we have been chatting a little bit is, is nearing its conclusion. And uh, it's gone by in a blink. Uh, but so many of the things that we were uh, sort of previewing or chatting about in the buildup to this particular window um, included this interconfederation playoff. So, yes, She Believes Cup is going to wrap up later today. Arnold Clark Cup is going to wrap up today. Uh, Revelations Cup is already, you know, completed and in the books. There's, there's some that have already, you know, finished. Um, but Interconfederation Playoff is it was one of those things, one of those events that we were excited about, uh, just because of the weight of it and we what we knew it was going to mean for some of these teams. Um, let's maybe go with a quick overview, just in just in case folks need to catch up very quickly on what's been going on in the play-in tournament, because a lot of these games, the, the entire event has been taking place in New Zealand. So if you're, uh, you know, American audiences, perhaps some of these start times have been on the later side of things and you sort of, you know, you woke up the next morning and you would see uh, the, the results or, you know, what who advanced and who got eliminated. So as it stands, in the beginning, there were 10 teams to compete for these final three slots into the world cup it was group a with cameroon thailand and portugal group b with senegal haiti and chile and group c with uh, chinese taipei paraguay papua new guinea and panama so group a winner was going to join group e with the united states vietnam and netherland the group b winner would join group d with england denmark and china and group c will join group f with france jamaica and brazil so these were just some of the things that had set the stage for this sort of 10 team play-in tournament and it's like you said lisa it's like we just knew that this was going to provide some really exciting moments um and i don't think the the, the semi-final round i don't think disappointed um no. in, in that aspect at all not at all it was a top 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 competition right from the get-go. The way that these groups were broken down, Portugal and Chile were dubbed as the front runners for everything uh, that were was really to come for this tournament. Um, because of that, they had buys for the first round as, as these top-seeded teams coming into this play-in tournament. Um, so we saw Cameroon and Thailand play first, uh, as well as Senegal and Haiti. And then in Group C, because four teams, a little bit different, it was two semifinal matches um, and then advancing on to that. So as this kind of broke down and, and things went on with the competition, uh, we got to see that Cameroon and Thailand play in that Group A opening semifinal match. Cameroon ends up getting a shutout win over Thailand 2-0. Um, it was impressive to watch this Cameroon side uh, going up against Thailand and, and Cameroon really giving a lot of fight and a lot of push to this one. Uh, a pretty commanding win for Cameroon 2-0 uh, over Thailand. So now Cameroon moves on to the final to play Portugal. 
Meanwhile, in Group B, it was Senegal versus Haiti. And this Haitian side, Sandra, you and I know so well. Uh, I'm sure Americans know very well. Out of CONCACAF, this Haitian team is is impressive. They are fun to watch. They can score goals. They can score a million goals. They can score in a variety of ways. And that's exactly what we saw in the semifinal. Haiti wins over Senegal 4-0. They got four really incredible goals. Um, and it was really just a taste, right? A small taste of what we could get from Haiti. But at this point, we now have Cameroon and Haiti advancing out of the semifinal. In Group C, there was two semifinal games. Uh, the first one, Chinese Taipei against Paraguay. Um, this game ending in regulation 2-2. It was a battle between these two sides. Um, goals for Chinese Taipei in the 21st minute and the 75th minute. And then Paraguay coming back and, and getting one in the 80th minute. And then a minute later, 81st minute, Paraguay equalizes at, at the very end of regulation. They they go into extra time, these two sides. Then it goes into PKs. We get our first taste of a lot of penalty kicks in this Chinese Taipei Paraguay match. And ultimately Paraguay winning four to two in penalty kicks over Chinese Taipei. Uh, and then for Papua New Guinea, New Guinea against Panama, the other group C semifinal. Um, Papa or Panama, excuse me, getting two goals starting early and quick. The first goal coming in the 12th minute, and then uh right over the mark for Panama getting their second to win 2-0 over Papua New Guinea. So then at this point, we have Cameroon, Haiti, Paraguay, and Panama advancing to the final for this inter-confederation playoff. So then they have to play again, right? But yeah. the, the semifinal competition was, it was good. It was impressive. It was fun, fun to watch. Group C, almost, it's almost like hearing you sort of recap uh the results of group C, it's just like reminds me of when we first saw how these 10 teams were going to be broken up. So knowing that group C had that double semifinal, whereas group A and group B just had the, the first semifinal and then they would go, the teams would go on to meet either Portugal or Chile who had, they had an automatic buy to that final match within group A and group B based on their FIFA ranking and seating. And so Group C, it's almost like when we saw it, it was like there's we knew that there was a possibility of, you know, some some wild action that we, you know, could possibly come out of these games. But I don't know if anyone may have predicted like 25 minutes of stoppage time, you know, within like the late stages of, of Paraguay. And, 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 and it was just very, very very well like yellows that were issued a goalkeeper yeah. that was down and they didn't have a goalkeeper to sub in it was just like it was just it wild. was madness it was just wild madness and then all and and then it's just like and then you know it's like why not why not have a match that um goes to penalty kicks like of course like this is these are the final spots these are the final spots for the world cup you know that there are going to be teams who are going to go all or nothing because that's literally what it is. Like your, your journey to the world cup mm -hmm. either really begins or ends in this moment for some of these three teams. I, 
I believe one of the announcers calling these games called it that called it the field of dreams for yeah. one of the teams. And I it gave me chills because it was. And and even during these broadcasts, um, them showing the fans in the stands, because these games were happening in New Zealand. The entire tournament was happening in New Zealand as a bit of a test run for New Zealand, for the stadiums, for the travel, for the World Cup that is to come, um, and for the World Cup committee to kind of see how everything would play out. So it's not like this; these games are happening in South America or Central America, where, where some of these teams are coming from or uh, anything like that. And so it's you've got like this home field vibe to it. But still, these fans traveled. They traveled to New Zealand. There was a lot of people out in the stadium supporting them. And, and that's really what gave me chills, seeing those people, um, seeing like the Haitians with their Haiti flags in the stands, cheering on their their team as they dominate a 4-0 win, right? Like three different goal scorers for Haiti too. That was that was cool too, right? I mean, I think a lot of it you have to break down in, in those senses because um, sometimes you can just have one superstar on a team. I mean, you look at the United States right now, they've got Mallory Pugh. She's scoring all the goals and that's all she can do. But some of these other nations, uh, they have those top scorers and those players that really put the whole team on their back. But throughout this, I mean, for Cameroon, we see one player get goals, but for Haiti, there's three different goal scorers to get four goals. Um, uh, Paraguay as well. They, they get a couple different goal scorers in there. Um, same as Panama. So like, that's impressive to see sharing the wealth balance scoring amongst these nations. I think with uh, with sort of just going running down how the semifinals played out, we also have to like bid farewell to certain teams, right? Because we're going to talk about um, the, the teams who have basically qualified once we come back from a break. But the the semifinal results meant that uh, no Thailand in the World Cup, uh, no Senegal in the World Cup, Chinese Taipei. Uh, Papua New Guinea and it was just sort of interesting to sort of see how these these journeys kind of come to a a brief pause Um, but you know Thailand a team that I think going into even 2022 that you rate a little bit just sort of based on their prior experience this is a team that had qualified for the World Cup uh, before there are people who might be familiar with this team due to uh, a lopsided scoreline out of the 2019 World Cup. And maybe if that's your only exposure to uh, this Thailand team, you maybe think, well, what are they even doing at the World Cup? But they go through a qualifying process just like any other national team program and earn the right to represent their nation at a World Cup. But sort of looking at that team and sort of watching them go through the uh, women's uh, Asian uh, cup that we had on Paramount plus, and we were taking a look at these games um, and saw sort of the, the competitive landscape of these teams coming and participating in this, in this cup competition. And Thailand was going to be a team that had to take a little bit of an alternative route if they wanted to, get to the World Cup. So to sort of see them get into this this playoff group, I think it was a tough group uh, yeah. that they got draw, drawn into. Um, Cameroon, on the other side of that, another team that wants to get back to a World Cup as well, right? So it's like the fact that they were going to go head-to-head for a chance to play off against Portugal, I thought was a, was going to be one of those like tough, tough matches. So it's not too surprising to see that it was one of the semifinal matches that ended in, in a kind of – Maybe I guess what could be considered like a respectable or more narrow kind of scoreline, just right. 
two zero, you know. Um, so no, no Thailand, no Senegal, no, no Chinese Taipei, no Papua New Guinea. Uh, but that meant that there were a final four in place, uh, and up four teams, three spots for grabs. The math isn't mathing. We're gonna talk a little bit about some of the teams that have gone ahead and qualified already and chat a little bit about uh, some of the games that took place very recently. You might already know some of the scorelines, so don't go anywhere. Stick around after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's chat a little bit about the finals that have taken place in the Inter-Confederation Playoff. Group A final, Cameroon versus Portugal, and then a Group B final with Haiti versus Chile. These two matches... um, Again, didn't disappoint. I think if the semifinals set the stage for some unpredictable things, uh, we should have known that it was going to set up the final for some an exciting finish. Spoiler alert, if you're joining us on, on YouTube or if you didn't want to hear all the results, we're going to give them to you right now. Chile, unfortunately, not going to the World Cup because Haiti making history 2-1 the final scoreline in this one Haiti defeats Chile and then Cameroon their journey ends as well at this moment they lose to Portugal 2-0 Portugal heading to the World Cup there is another inter-confederation playoff still to be played it's going to be Paraguay versus Panama. That is going to take place tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch all the action on FIFA Plus. Check it out at FIFA.com. But there's still a spot up for grabs, but we've got two. We've got two in the books right now. We got to look, look, we've been talking about it constantly. Sort of feels like at this point, we're here for all of the CONCACAF nations to represent in the World Cup, and we are one step closer to having not just four, not just five, but possibly six CONCACAF nations in the World Cup. Haiti with some overjoyed scenes at the end of this one against Chile. Um, it's it's the epitome of mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the joy of, of winning and the agony of defeat. I think when you sort of see... Um, you know, the, the closing scenes of, of these matches. Um, but congratulations in Haiti. I'm, I'm, I'm filled. My heart is, my heart is filled yeah. with the happiness to, to see that they've, they went ahead and they did Me the too. thing. Me too. Honestly, I, my affinity for Haiti started a couple years ago when this team was really like picking up speed. They, they were able to string some wins together. They, they were becoming a nation that 
had CONCACAF buying into them, right? They were able to get a little bit more funding so they could do a little bit more. And uh, my love, honestly, I'm going to say it, my love for this nation and for this team grew increasingly throughout the CONCACAF W Championships last summer, watching this team go on a tear throughout the the qualifiers, um, just dominating in what they were able to do. It was incredibly fun to watch. I think it's well-deserved for Haiti to to get in this. Uh, my heart does break for Chile um, and how far they've come as a nation. It was really like such a bittersweet game watching this final between Haiti and Chile. Um, this, this game, because I, I wanted this for Chile, right? Like you, you want these nations yeah. for so hard that they've worked for and everything that they've done, you want them to to do well and and proceed and keep going. But this game between Chile and Haiti was so, so good. I think the first half was the teams trying to figure out themselves and understand the positioning on the field. It was There were some choppy moments during this first half of, of trying to understand kind of where your opponents are, where you're going to be. I think there were some nerves for both of these sides heading into this game that they had to shake off in those first 45 minutes. And there's a, a lot of stoppage time in this game and it starts early in the first half. And that's where we see Haiti get on the board first in the closing minutes of stoppage time of this first half for Haiti. Um, they get on the board and, and now Chile is going into the half down one at this point when they've held off so long on Haiti. Um, the moments of attack that they've had that that Haiti was able to move quickly in transition and, and get good shots off. I mean, Chile also had a number of good opportunities throughout that first half too, but Haiti locks it down in the stoppage time of the first half and get get one goal over Chile. It was, for me, Lisa, it was, it was the combination of mm-hmm. execution on this goal by DeMornay and the timing. Yeah, beautiful. Of this goal in which it happened, that it just, as soon as it happened and, and the way it happened and the timing in which it happened, I was, there was a little part and I whispered it because I didn't want to say it too loud because you never want to jinx things. I'm like, uh, I'm like Michael Scott in the office. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And so it's like, when I saw this goal happen, I'm like, I was like, oh my God, they're going to do it. Like I, I whispered it and I was just, but I just didn't want to. You know, you never want to mess with the, with the, with the, with the, it was like full body chills. I was like, yes, like here, here it is. I was like, that's, that's the goal that can, you know, help sustain them through the the next 45 minutes of this match, which I was a little curious about, like how it was, how it was going to look as they came out um, to start that second half, because, you, you know, part of what I think we've enjoyed in, in terms of the soccer that we've seen from, from Haiti is that they're not a team, you know, on paper, they have all these things, you know, they're, they're a young team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and in that, for some people, they might say, you know, youth equals inexperience, you know, because some of these players don't have a ton of caps under their belt. I think they're one of their more, they are young. Yeah. And it's like, she's 29, you know, she's got like X amount of caps under, uh, you know, in her, in her career. So it's like for, for some people, they, they, they equate, um, you know, youth with, with inexperience, but I think they've leaned into the fact that they're, that they can be this sort of young and fun team, this kind of energy where it's like, they've got 
nothing to lose but everything to gain this kind of energy where they can score a goal and then just like do a couple backflips storm yeah, like, 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 yeah, like it's nothing but so i was curious as to sort of how they were going to navigate the second half of the match because i was like gosh yeah. i really wouldn't want to see them try to like bunker in or like sit in low for like a whole 45 minutes. Cause at this point I, I was like, that would feel almost a little bit uncharacteristic to me right? for this, for this. Right. And so um glad to see that that was not necessarily the case for them. Um, Chile obviously coming out with a lot of fire in that second half, because again, you're, you're staring down the barrel. It's like one zero and you've got 45 minutes and regulation right. and stoppage remaining, you know, to possibly get into a, a world cup. And again, this is, this is one team that's trying to create history for their nation's program. And this is another team that is trying to get back to a world cup in Chile. Uh, they're, they're trying to make a return uh, to the biggest stage in the world. And like, Unfortunately, so many other national team programs, mm -hmm. they have found themselves in ongoing disputes and fights with their federation to sort of um, even just get the appropriate resources or just sort of uh, show that they are worth a program investing right. in. And that's just it's just incomprehensible to to, you know, think in 2023 that this is where we're still at with multiple programs. And programs that have already, you know, sort of reached those high levels of of what's considered the highest peak of playing, you know, in, in, in international competition in a World Cup. And you could sort of see as this game concluded, which, of course, it didn't conclude, uh, you know, quietly, it didn't go quietly <laughs> into the night. Uh, and, and I don't think either they are in this match. Yeah, it was just like really, really tense moments down the stretch here. It's incredibly tense. And I think that throughout this second half, we saw um, really good chances and really good moments. Right. There was a couple goal line saves from Haiti on, on Chile opportunities. Um, you mentioned Rose Lord Borgea. This is a player for Haiti that is one of the veterans, one of the most experienced players, one of the the leading goal scorers for this team uh, up until recently right have an incredible amount of opportunities and chances there this game easily could have been like three or four goals aside right but there was just incredible defensive skills happening a little bit of bad luck happening on the attacking end but you're right it, it came down to it so Sandra you said at the end of the first half when when Haiti got this late stoppage time goal in 45 plus minutes at the end of the first half you were kind of like they could do it this could happen but now as we're nearing the 90th minute we see some stoppage time. I'm sure everyone was like, yeah, Haiti's going to do this. I know I was. I was like, this is it. They've got a couple minutes of stoppage time. They can hold out. Who knows what's going to happen? And before you know it, it is uh, another goal. Yeah. What were you thinking? I'm glad that they got that insurance goal. So we, yeah. we saw we saw VAR get introduced in this one. There was a yeah. a, a jersey pool in the box. There was enough there uh, by the official to to go ahead and say that's a foul. Can't do that in the box. Can't do it on one of the mo most dynamic up and coming goal scorers in the world right now, and uh, Dumournay. And so gives the foul, but this penalty opportunity is, is missed. Yes. It's, it's a stop and a save by one of the great keepers in Tiani Endler, but it was also a pretty, it was a poorly taken penalty kick. It was not, it was not something that 
I think truly uh, tested uh, someone like 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 Endler in net. So you have this stoppage of goal, and at this point, you're like, that's going to be the insurance, right? But they don't get that. So knowing, I think, how these playoffs have gone, how there have had been moments of extended stoppage time, you knew with the check in with VAR that there was going to be yeah. a chunk, a chunky, chunky amount of time added on to the end of this game. And I was just hoping and praying to the football gods that that miss was not going to come back and haunt Haiti because I was like thinking the unthinkable things. And I was like, if this goes to extra time, if this goes to penalties. I don't know if either of these teams are going to have the legs for penalty kicks, but I do know that Chile has an amazing goalkeeper. So you do not want it to go there if you're 80. So to sort of see this stoppage time play out the way that it did, they ended up getting the insurance goal in like the 98th minute of stoppage time only for Chile to still try to steal one back in the 11th minute of stoppage time. It was just so, um, it, it just was a wild finish to, yeah. to a wild game. But, I think uh, Chile had so many hopes because of, of that missed Haiti PK. And then yes, Haiti gets the insurance goal. I believe it's eight minutes into yeah. the final stoppage time. Um, and Chile didn't give up at all. Right. I think no. that's like, it's so inspiring because uh, there could have been a lot of teams that really like hung their head at this point. But for Chile, this was their last shot to make it back to the World Cup. And they don't give up. They end up getting one goal back. They they cut the lead in half and, and get one in the 11th minute of stoppage time. And immediately they're ready to go. They're grabbing the ball. They don't know how much stoppage time is going to be left at this point, right? Like as, as viewers at home, we get to see the plus – 11 plus 1105 1110 we get to see that and we also don't know hey when is the official going to blow this whistle but as a player you have no idea the clock in the stadium stops at 90 you're just playing you're playing with every second that is given to you and everything you have out there um I, I mean it was impressive to watch that at the end of it i mean i'm i am really happy for Haiti to yeah. kind of how how they came about this and the story the celebrations the tears the the hugs after the game it was i mean it was like the middle of the night and I'm crying over here watching this. Um, maybe a little bit of delirium, maybe just happy emotions for them. But Haiti qualified for their first ever World Cup history. Yeah, uh, I loved it. I'm, I'm, I was so grateful that that game was on in, a, in an hour that I wasn't dozing off. I really wanted to just absorb um, all of that. And uh, I love that they are now going to be the fifth CONCACAF team in the World Cup, setting up the stage for a possible six with Paraguay and Panama. That game is going to, again, take place today on February 22nd. You can catch it at 8 p.m. Eastern. But we still have to talk about Cameroon and Portugal. We officially are going to have Portugal in Group E. We've got to talk about the game. we got to talk about what that means in Group E, who's going to be there. We're going to break it all down. Stick with us after a quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. 
and our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, let's chat about Group E because it's official. We know what Group E is going to look like. Portugal and Cameroon playing in their final. Again, wild scenes at the end of this one. 2-1 in favor of Portugal uh, eliminating Cameroon. Again, you see the joy on Portugal. You see the agony of defeat, Cameroon. But officially qualified for the World Cup. Again, taking the the long way there. Another European nation that will represent in the 2023 World Cup. That means a couple of groups are are finalized. If you joined us at the top of this episode, we talked about how the Group A winner was going to join Group E and the Group B winner was going to join Group D. We still have to see uh, Group F get finalized because they will join uh, France, Jamaica, and Brazil in, in Group F. But you know we're going to chat a little bit about Portugal and what that means in Group E because Group E has the United States, Vietnam, and the Netherlands, and now Portugal has arrived. It's very exciting. I mean, this is really what we've been waiting for. I think the United States has also been waiting for this. Um, Kind of when we would find out who's playing them, uh, who's going up against them. And we always knew it was going to be really tough competition, frankly, because it it was, right? You looked at when we ultimately got this draw for um, this team and and how it would look. We knew we would be playing the United States against Vietnam, who who's a debutante in this World Cup. Um, maybe not the toughest competition that the United States would be hoping for or looking to see. But then there's the Netherlands. And the Netherlands is, is a team that the United States knows very well um, in international competition and can hurt them very badly. So as you looked at this and, and looked at who they could potentially play against also coming into this group. Um, it, it was tough. And now knowing that it's Portugal and watching how Portugal played this final game uh, of the, the group stages to get into this one, beating Cameroon two to one in a well, well fought battle. I think Portugal hit the post like three times, the crossbar mm-hmm. once or twice, the post once or twice. This game for Portugal uh, against Cameroon, um, Portugal looked really good. Portugal looked really good. Group G is going to look really good look this this uh this match was one this match was one of those games that was on in in the wee hours of, of the morning and um i'm not here to judge anyone what they do in those hours i hope you don't judge me i tried to watch some of this game but it was such an early early match and to see them finally portugal go up one zero i was like okay i'm going to 
treat myself to a respectable amount of sleep because I know we have so much soccer on the slate for Wednesday, February 22nd. Um, so to get up early and sort of catch the replay of this before we went live, it just, I shouldn't have been surprised that it had no. the finish that, that it had. Um, especially if, if, if Haiti versus, um, Chile was was any indication of how you know things were going to go. Um, I think those po- those post shots had me. I felt a certain kind of way because I was just kind of like <laughs> I, similar to Haiti. I was like, oh gosh, you don't want some of those missed opportunities to come back and haunt you. But you, when you hit the post that many times, you just you don't want it to get in uh, in your head, and you don't want to see that kind of you know. I mean, when as a team, when you're hitting the post that many times, there's really two ways of thinking about it, right? You can get in your head and say, "Oh my gosh, we can't do this. We have to work harder. We have to get in behind. We have to look for the final pass again. We can't keep doing this. We have to find the back of the net." Or you can say, "We're right there." We're getting open looks. We're getting the ball in behind. We're creating opportunities. We're forcing them to defend a lot. And they've gotten really lucky, but we're getting all those opportunities. And and we saw Portugal go with the latter of those two, really kind of just sit into it and say, you know what? We're going to keep our foot on the gas pedal. They didn't get frustrated either, which is something that can happen a lot when you're hitting the post that many times. Yeah, and it just sort of felt like, Getting this 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 goal in in the early phase of of the first half was right around the the twentieth minute. You just sort of feel like okay, well, maybe there's enough there to help uh, you know Portugal control a game like this going in into the second half. But of course, it, it should be no surprise that Cameroon got an equalizer near the late stages of the game. We're talking about like eighty ninth minute, um, and at that point. You're wondering, it's like, okay, is there a possibility of this going to penalty or to, to extra time and then possibly penalty kicks? And that is a moment where I was just kind of like, this is what I felt, where I was just like, if you kind of hit the crossbar that many times, like maybe it doesn't in, in, in like affect your mindset early on when you're missing those things, but maybe it starts to affect your mindset as you concede that late in the game. Um, But (laughs) uh, stoppage time is like the unspoken MVP and hero, I think of, of this inter-confederation playoff because uh, a penalty kick uh, ended up being the difference maker in this one in the 94th minute of stoppage play in this game. And uh, Carol Costa's converting this for, Portugal in effect yeah. sending them through yeah. Super Bowl Cup. So uh, Cameroon eliminated, uh, won't be at the uh, 2023 World Cup, uh, but Portugal rounding things out in Group B. Yeah, and this one also coming down to a, a VAR call in, in the handball. It was um, actually Estelle Johnson, right? A lot of NWSL fans know Estelle playing for Cameroon. Um, Johnson makes this sliding tackle to prevent the shot from Portugal going in and and the ball bounces up and hits her hand. They go to a VAR review. They look at it. It is a handball. Um, and, and that's really the insurance that Portugal needed at this point because it was tied one, one at that point in the game. And, and this was the goal that yeah. they needed Portugal. So it's, it's a little heartbreaking that it comes down to, a penalty kick at this point, not penalty kicks uh, at the end of the game, like we saw in the semifinals for for some of these games, um, but really coming down to a penalty kick at the end of it. I was really impressed with Portugal, though. I was impressed with their ball movement. I was impressed with the spaces they were able to find uh, around Cameroon. And, and Cameroon is a team that we saw defeat 
um, Thailand just a few days before that in two late game goals, right? 79th and, and 81st minute for Cameroon to advance to play Portugal. So I was really excited and looking forward to this matchup. And I think that Portugal impressed me um, in what they were able to do. I think it's it's going to be a really tough group. It's going to be a really tough group um, that the United States has to play in now. And, and it says Group A playoff winner there on the screen if you're watching us, and that will be Portugal slotting into that role. Yeah, I'm eager. Um, I'm, I'm excited about uh, the group stage even more than I already was when it came to, to the United States uh, and their Group E position. Um, I'm also excited to see how the remainder of, of – um, Group F shakes out. I mean, for for Group B, we know that it's going to to be um, Haiti uh, that that joins up uh, with uh, with England and Denmark and China. So yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough group as well. Uh, but and know, I think that's the first game, the opening game of the group stage for Group D ends up being England against Haiti, and and that's yeah. I mean, I'm, that's going to be a great game. That's a tough matchup, though. For, and for you're already just looking at, like, a Group F with France, Jamaica, and Brazil. Those are already your kind of, like, you know, standout teams uh, going into this, this World Cup. But the possibility that you're going to add either uh, a Paraguay or, or a Panama, like, in that is, is exciting. Uh, of course, of course, I want to see... Panama. I'm not even going to act. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. The way I've gone from just like really like hopeful and just like, oh, I just really want six teams. Like, no, like I need it. Like Sandra needs yeah. six CONCACAF teams and the World Cup. I need to see that CONCACAF supremacy. Um, but the that would be amazing. That, that would be that, that could happen. Not only can that happen, but the possibility of two of them going head to head in the same group is mm-hmm. like, this is what it is. It's like, this is what dreams are made of. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll see. And you that's, wanna... that's the max number of CONCACAF teams that are even eligible, right. Mm-hmm. To enter the world cup six. So the fact that it's possible that we could get six CONCACAF nations is like top tier. Let's go CONCACAF. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, do we even want to put like a prediction at this point? Like, are we both going Panama on this one? Or? On Panama, Paraguay. Um yeah. Yeah, let's put, I mean, yeah, we're both going to, I want Panama as well, but yeah. let's put a scoreline prediction on it because that's what no. we do here. We have fun with scorelines. Yeah, we do. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to keep it on. I'm going to keep it with the trend. I'm going to say it's going to be another two, one scoreline. Yeah. And I'm going to hope that uh, Marta Cox does, does her thing. And, uh, you know, Yenneth Bailey does her thing in net and, uh, you know, Marta Cox does her thing in front of goal. Right. And hopefully uh, Panama gets gets the win. I'm going to go two one. I like two one. Honestly, that's a that's a really honest scoreline um, between these two sides, because Panama, as you mentioned, Cox, they've got it and, and they're solid. I think they can also play a full 90 minute game. And that's exactly what you need against a Paraguay team. Uh, remember Paraguay in, in the semifinals against Papua New Guinea, um, this or excuse me, against Chinese Taipei. This is a team that came back from down a two goal deficit, yeah. to equalize, push the game into extra time, push the game into penalty kicks. And then uh, Paraguay ends up winning in PK. So this Paraguay team, they've they've got fight in them. They've got grit. Um, I mean, what if this could go to penalty kicks again? I don't. Oh think my goodness! So. I'm not even going to put that out there. <laughs> I know I just did, but like, I don't think it will. I honestly, I like two one. I like two one on you. Um, I I might have to go with that too. No, no, I'll yeah. go. I'm going to go three one. Three All one. Right. I will give Panama three goals. I think Cox is going to get a brace. 
Okay. All right. I just I'm had to be it. different than you. So I'm just, hey. you know, throwing on it. Look, same result, different different path. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm sure we'll keep an eye on that and have an update for, for everyone. Um, because, look, we're going to join you again. Attacking Third is going to be with you all day today, essentially. We're starting. So start off your morning with us and close out your evening with us because we will be back tonight to recap all things uh, She Believes Cup. Uh, but that's all we've got for you today. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube so that you get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We are going to be back Wednesday evening <laughs> with a recap yeah. of the United States Women's National Team and the She Believes Cup. So stay tuned. It's a long day. Watch as much soccer as you can. Why not? You know, it's 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 soccer all day while you work. It's nothing. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And if not, we'll be here and we'll talk about it all. So we yeah, got you covered. You don't always get to watch 12 hours of soccer a day. And, uh, you know, when that opportunity comes around, you should take it. Grab so make it. Make sure you stick with us to uh, to recap it all. For Sandra Rita and Lisa Roman, this was a second thing. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.